welcome everybody. I'm Laura Giles, and this is Modern Animism Radio. Recently, someone wished me a happy Indigenous Peoples Day and asked me if it made it sad, which I thought was a really interesting question. Um, and that conversation got us on a roll about gratitude. So as we move closer to Thanksgiving, it's something that I'm thinking about, and probably a lot of you are too. So that's our Animist topic today. And I'll tell you the rest of the story, but first let's acknowledge our ancestors in the elements. I acknowledge the element of earth and thank you for the beautiful fall weather, the harvest, the scenes and smells of fall that bring me so in touch with all the sensuousness that is the earth element. I acknowledge and give gratitude to the air. I know my air got a workout lately with the U.S. elections and a lot of people were emotional and hostile, but I'm thankful that the folks at Pan Society were using that air energy to communicate use discernment and have their opinions, but be detached from the need to be right. And that kept things really peaceful around here. So thank you, air. Acknowledge the element of fire. The fire is waning, and I'm missing it so much already. And I still appreciate the passion, strength, and responsibility that burns all year within us all. So thank you, fire. Acknowledge and give gratitude for water. Thank you, water, for giving us the courage to go deep, to see our shadow and feel our feelings so that we can know our true selves and remain flexible no matter what comes. I acknowledge our plant, animal, mineral, and human ancestors, and thank you for the blessings that are seen and unseen. May we grow ever more conscious of how we all move together in the web of life so that our choices um, honor you as well as mankind. Thanks to everyone listening today and for sharing us with your peeps. Like in, subscribe in to our social media posts. Every time you click on one of our links, share it or comment, you help in our Google rating so it's easier for people to find us. So please keep doing that. Click, click, click. Um, it's a small way to show your gratitude for the content and show reciprocity. It's like giving us a virtual high five, and we really appreciate that. Um, if you can do more, please donate. Donate. Donations can be sent to buy me a coffee forward slash pan society. And like the web address says, your donation can be as little as the price of a cup of coffee or as big as you like. We take big ones too. Okay, so Indigenous Day. As most of you know, that's also called Columbus Day here in the USA, and it celebrates the discovery of the new world for those in Western Europe. Of course, it wasn't a discovery for those who are already here. And you know that with the coming of the settlers and conquerors came disease, war, starvation, suffering, genocide, broken treaties, and the loss of languages, spirituality, and culture in North, Central, and South America, as well as the Caribbean. So for brown people, it's not a day of celebration, but a day of remembering losses. And 1492 was the beginning of the end. So what does that have to do with gratitude? Well, as I said, when I was asked if this was a day that made me sad, my response was that it made me grateful because, yes, all of those things happened and the ancestors of those of us who are still here today survived. And that is something to be grateful for. Everything in the animist world is a reflection of complementary duality. So we can mourn and grieve the loss, or we can celebrate the blessing of still being here. We can act like victims and sit in a place of hopelessness, or we can stand in our power and live strongly in what we have left and make a life with what we have now. There isn't a right or wrong choice or a way to do it because animism is holistic. It's all there. We can all choose where in the circle of life that we want to be. There's definitely a time to mourn. It doesn't make sense to lose something valuable and five seconds later act like it meant nothing. That's probably a denial of your feelings. So grief is appropriate. Anger, 
sadness, screaming, crying, tearing your hair out, all of that is appropriate. And the wheel of life turns. Everything passes if we let it. I've heard that time doesn't heal all things. Um, and I think that's true. The passing of time is just passing. It doesn't heal anything all by itself. We have to help it by feeling our feelings, expressing them and sharing them and letting it go. So healing is an active process. As long as we're holding on to pain, to someone else, to um, the need for an apology or the need for reparations or the need for anything, healing can't happen. Gratitude can't happen. So I'm going to suggest something radical. I'm going to suggest that you be grateful for everything that comes your way. And to do that, you have to let go of entitlement and be like an animal. So sea turtles have a 1 in 1,000 to 10,000 chance of surviving to reproductive age. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? 80% of alligators die before reaching maturity. So in nature, animals and plants don't have an expectation of having healthy, attentive parents, being fed every day, getting to a good school, having great health care, or really have any expectations at all. They understand that it's a doggy dog world where life and death intimately dance every single day. Antelope doesn't hold a grudge when the lion attacks. Look at them on all the Wild Kingdom videos. Do you see them like... <laughs> if you've seen them, you know what I mean. I mean, a lion will rush right in, and then, you know, they're all back to being themselves in just a little short while, like a minute. Um, wild ponies don't curse God when a cold snap comes along and makes food scarce and traveling difficult. They just don't have an expectation that nature does anything any different, so they just keep moving. This doesn't give anyone a pass for being mean, ugly, vengeful, or spiteful. It just means that we can choose to sit in a place of powerlessness and blame and complain, or we can sit in a place of power and choose to see the blessings in what we have. So it's really a choice in what you want to look at because it's all available. So you see, we're all brainwashed from the time we're young to look outside of ourselves for validation, for self-worth, and to see if we're okay. We measure success and happiness by how much we have, what things look like, how many friends we have, titles, and that sort of thing, kind of car you drive, what sort of neighborhood you live in. And we have a lot of spiritual gurus telling us that spirit wants us um, to be successful. Now all we have to do is get clear in our intentions, and the cosmic Santa Claus in the sky will manifest our heart's desire. How many times have you heard that? I know you hear it over and over. I do. This follows the same thinking that if you're spiritually wise, your life is going to be blessed with riches and abundance. And I'm here to tell you that is not the animus view. Nature is not like that. It works in a circle of birth, growth, and loss. It doesn't move in one direction of growth all the time. And what the universe wants from you may be really different from what you want from yourself. I promise you, everything that shows up in your life is for you. So do this experiment. Pretend that what I say is true. Everything that shows up is for you. Use it. See every person as a mirror, a teacher. And be ruthless with yourself. Be wise yet compassionate. Accept no cop-outs. Look for the lesson in everything. And don't expect life to be fair. Don't expect handouts. Pay for everything with some type of reciprocity. It's sweat, blood, time, money, attention, something, whatever. And then look at your life. And I'm sure that you're going to see that everything that comes your way is a blessing. It may not lead to riches, Prince Charming, or that big career change that you wanted, but it will grow your spirit. It probably will grow your self-love, 
and grow your connections. And it may take a while because you may need to lay some groundwork before those things are possible, but if you keep at it, I promise you it'll show up. Because spirit isn't interested in your big house or your trophy wife. Spirit is interested in your inner growth. And you can do that in a hovel. And maybe it's even easier to do it there without all the distractions of abundance and bling. So since I just said that, let's segue from it. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but spiritual travel to third world countries was a booming business pre-COVID. And did you know why all these first world people were flocking to dirty, unsanitary, and sometimes dangerous places? It's to find the peace that eludes them in their comfortable, sanitized, safe lives. And I'm just telling you this to give you a shortcut in case you haven't figured this out for yourself. You don't have to go there to find it. It's already within you. All you have to do is love the life you have and treat every day as if it's a blessing. Or in other words, just be grateful. <laughs> so I've been to many third world countries, Peru, Cambodia, Egypt, Mexico, to name a few. It feels really good there. The people are a community. They're humble, friendly, and they know what's important. It's not the guy in the Mercedes, y'all. It's the festivals, the harvest, God, family, the sunset, and just the feeling of knowing you're alive for one more day. It's about being in the game, giving, receiving, feeling, and exchanging energy with other people in nature, just being present with it all, the music and the dance of life. And I can't tell you how wonderful it is to stand beside a waterfall in the middle of nowhere that's always so pretty and wild, whether anyone sees it or appreciates it, or what it feels like to look up at the stars at night, night after night, and have my breath taken away and know that so many people never even stop to look up, or what it feels like to see a wildflower growing in a tiny crack in the rock and just being blown around by a fierce wind, and you're wondering, how could that little flash of beauty survive out here. And maybe you have a child and you remember when it was just a few days old, looking at her fingers or her toes and marveling at what a perfect little miracle she is and how she could ever have been created. But life's beauty isn't just in the natural world. Have you ever heard a song that just made you want to melt? It stopped you right in your tracks so that you could absorb every note without distraction. And it burned its way into your memory because it was just that insanely moving. Or what about a dance? The body wants to move, and when it has the music to carry it, it can be the most expressive emotional way to just be in the world, especially if it's shared with someone else. When you move with someone else as one person that is carried on the rhythm, it's like dancing with the rhythm of life. And these things are free, guys. You don't have to be anyone special to do this. You don't have to look any particular way. You don't have to have any certain amount of money. All you have to do is say yes to the experience. And if you can say yes to that experience, you can say yes to having your heart broken, sacrificing for your children, working long and hard, and doing all the other things that this life requires to open your heart and grow your soul. Approach it with love and gratitude and watch how your compassion, love, and connection grows. You've heard the quote, that which does not kill me makes me stronger, right? That's pretty much what I'm saying. Our hardships are challenges to grow us to the next level. Or they give us that opportunity, at least. It's up to us to take it. We've all seen people who are battered by life, right? They seem like they just gave up and they're just waiting for the end, and they're all wrung out. No judgment. You can't know what it's like to walk a mile in someone else's shoes, and maybe you've been there. I've been there. You know, and you're just tired, (laughs) and you need a break. 
But she also sees stories of people who have been hit by the worst abuse, poverty, hard luck, drugs, alcohol, legal issues, death, crime, medical problems, just about every horrible thing you can think of. And they turn it around. Something clicks one day and the trajectory of their life shifts. It doesn't change all at once, but it changes. And everything they went through before provides the knowledge, contacts, experience, and strength to get through what's ahead. I don't have a hard luck story like that, but I can still point to my life and see how many wildly different experiences all come together to be exactly what I need right now. I'm interested in so many things, and none of them have anything in common. And yet when I look at all the skills and tools that I need for what's ahead of me now, I couldn't have planted it better. And all the tough friendships, clients, and partners are the ones who helped me the most. The hardest times are the ones that taught me the most. So do I wish that some of the things hadn't happened? Do I have regrets? No, not really. Because if I can make something meaningful happen as a result, then it's all worthwhile, isn't it? Everybody's life's like that. We all want to feel like we have a purpose. And you can give that to yourself by finding meaning in the big and small things in your life. Now, I know some of you aren't all that creative. I work with people all the time who can't make up stories, can't pretend, and have forgotten how to let their inner child play. So I'm going to give you some examples to get you started, how to find gratitude in the shadier parts of life, all right? So let's talk about addiction. Maybe you have or had a problem with addiction. Maybe it's money in your family. What good can come from addiction? Well, maybe you learn compassion or that everyone is flawed, so forgiveness and self-love become easier. Or maybe you learn that no one is beyond redemption. Or maybe you learn just how resourceful and resilient you are. It takes pretty resilience, pretty you know, pretty strong resilience to be an alcoholic or an addict, doesn't it? Because you're always chasing that high. you got to get it some kind of way, so you're pretty creative. You can just use it in a different way. Or let's say it's mental illness. And again, this could be you or someone who you're close to. And maybe through that experience, you gain strength that you didn't know was possible. And you learn that it's okay to ask for help. Or you learn how to have healthy boundaries because those relationships hurt and they're necessary. So there are blessings. We all have love relationships. Maybe one or more of yours is really tough. And through that suffering and hardship, you learn how to be vulnerable, that it's okay to say yes to what you want or no to what you don't want. You learn how to be free and wild or how to give or receive. Maybe you learn patience and how to live one day at a time. Maybe you or somebody close to you is sick, so you deal with illness all around you. And through that experience, you learn about personal responsibility, sacrifice, acceptance, or your relationship to family and spirituality gets stronger. Sometimes the gift of hardship are things like, I didn't realize how stubborn I am. I didn't realize how judgmental I am. I need to lighten up and learn how to have fun. Or I need to heal some things from the past. Pressure and discomfort bring attention to what's inside. It subsides when we bring things back into balance. So yes, it's all about gratitude. Everything really is for you. Spirit doesn't take without also giving you the opportunity to receive. And notice that I say opportunity. So learning to receive is a skill, and everyone doesn't know how to do that. If you only want to receive what you want, you're going to be empty a lot of the time. And if you only receive the things that look good at first glance, you're going to miss a lot of pleasant surprises. If you accept what shows up, 
you'll see that complementary duality in action every time means that with every single undesirable thing comes something good. It has to. Yin is always accompanied by yang. Yang always accompanied by yin. That's just the way that it is. Actually, from every positive or desirable thing comes good as well. We don't only learn from pain. Uh, Being in love can teach us how good it feels to belong to someone, to care for someone, to have a partner to go through life with. Until we have that experience, it's only something we've heard about. So succeeding can show us that it's worthwhile to struggle, commit, and persevere. Having a peak spiritual experience can expand our ability to love, our sense of connection to the universe, and show us how narrow-minded, limited, or selfish we've been. Maybe we've not been asking enough of ourselves. Who knows? If you're dealing with something challenging this Thanksgiving season, it may be really hard to be grateful. Sometimes we don't see the blessings in an event or a person until we have had some distance from it. That's where mindfulness and faith come into play. Mindfulness is about removing all the things that aren't here in this present moment so that we can see what is here. And faith is believing without any proof. So we don't yet know that there is a blessing because we can't see one. But being in a place of faith makes us willing to receive the goodness anyway. For me, when I want to set up my life so that there are as many wins and blessings as possible, I'm grateful. I don't see a downside to gratitude yet. (laughs) And Abraham Hicks said, the entire universe is conspiring to give you everything you want. I don't know about that. (laughs) But I do believe it's giving us everything. How can it not? It is everything. We are everything. All we have to do is turn it into something good, positive, useful, or desirable, And we do that by changing the way that we look at it. Everybody can do that. But don't wait for the um, outlier events to happen. I'm talking about the moments that take your breath away or break your heart. Most of us spend most of the time every day doing routine types of things. So stop to give thanks for those moments. Wake up in gratitude by having a champagne toast to the sun when it rises. Wink at the moon. Say thanks when you turn on the tap and the water comes out. Give thanks for the land that feeds us and provides us with a home. Give thanks for the warriors who keep us safe and do things so that we don't have to. You know, there are all kinds of things every day in every life that can make us feel so blessed, so lucky. It's raining. It's not raining. It can be anything. (laughs) So living in a space of gratitude is a way of saying, I see you to everything, the ferns, turkeys, scorpions, whales, homeless people, priests, jugglers, and the mountains. When I say I see you, I mean the light inside of you. It's a way to intimately connect with all the life in a way that we connect with our lover. Our lovers aren't perfect. They're flawed. They hurt us. We hurt them. And yet we love and appreciate them anyway. And this is the thing. Walking in gratitude is like saying, I love you, big, beautiful world. Thank you for being just as you are. It's also a way of sending appreciation for yourself because everything is us and you're everything. So to me, nothing drives that home like gratitude. What we see in others is in ourselves. So see the love. Appreciate the goodness. It will help others to be more lovely and good. And it comes right back at you. So I hope gratitude is a part of your path every day. And I hope that it helps you to create relationships with humans or our other than human brothers and sisters. Thank you all for tuning in. Come see us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We'd love to talk to you. If I miss something about gratitude or you have different thoughts, share them. I'd love to hear them. And don't forget, if you'd like to donate, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Pan Society. I'm Laura Joss for Pan Society, and I hope to see you next week. Ciao.